Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Overwhelmed, worth the risk. If I can draw your attention to Mark eleven twenty two, which is one of the most famous passages of Scripture, and which Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Tell somebody, have faith in God. Come on, bump somebody. Tell somebody, have faith in God. In your house right now, tell somebody, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God for your healing. Have faith. For deliverance, have faith. For your blessing, have faith. For your breakthrough, have faith in God. Praise God for the government, but have faith in God. Praise God for who's president, but have faith in God. Praise God for the military, but have faith in God. Praise God for your degree. Praise God for whatever you have confidence in. But we don't look to the hills for our help. Our help comes from the Lord. And at the end of it, I've got to have faith in God I'm in church because I'm trying to have faith in God. I'm tuning in live because I'm trying to have faith in God. Jesus' answer is have faith in God. You had a tough week? The answer that Jesus gives them is, well, have faith in God. If you're coming here looking for an answer to whatever it is that baffles you, Jesus answers them and says to them, have faith in God. Verse 24, we looked at it last Sunday. It's a powerful passage. He says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. This is the faith formula. I looked at it last Sunday. I figured I'd talk about it again for a little bit this morning. It's the faith formula. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Desire plus prayer plus belief equals results. Last Sunday we talked about desire and prayer. But the key is belief. You have to believe it before you see it. Is there anybody in here believing God for something that you don't see yet? I just want to see your hands. Oh, Pastor Andy, I'm believing God for something that I don't see yet because once you have it, you don't have to believe for it. Anybody watching around the world that can wave and say, yeah, PA, I am believing God for something right now that I don't yet see. I want this. I prayed for it. And now I have to believe that I receive it and then I have it. The greatest challenges of this formula is I got to believe it, Elder Paul, before I actually have it. Most difficult thing to teach, Ray, is that I got to believe it and accept it that it's mine before it gets here. Part of the reason why we want you to praise God is not just to praise God for what he's done, 
But we also spent 30, 40 minutes praising God for you to praise him for what he's done. We all got you excited. Me and Pastor Tony talking about when I think of the goodness of Jesus and where would I be if it had not been for the Lord on my side? Where would I be? That's awesome. It's wonderful. That's all praising God based on what he's done. But there's another kind of praise that we were trying to teach you how to do. And it's called layaway praise. Anybody remember layaway? I, I know, I know y'all don't. And back in the day, there was this thing called layaway. And if you wanted something nice that your mama couldn't afford, she would put it on layaway. Not no credit, not no ATM card. No, no layaway. When it's on layaway, you go in on a regular basis and you pay five dollars and you pay ten dollars. Don't look at me crazy, Cleveland. You you pay five dollars. You pay $10 you pay $15 because you can't afford it at the beginning but you have a confidence that that jacket is going to be yours and it may take you three months to get that jacket but you have it on layaway anybody like me got a promise on layaway anybody come to church to pay a little on their layaway anybody decided I may not have it now but I'm going to rock that jacket Oh, I wish I had a witness. Some of us remember layaway. You would start paying on something to wear at Christmas in June. Oh, yes, you would. Because you knew you were going to rock that. You saw yourself in the jacket at the party in the summer. So you put it on layaway. I praise God aloud for what he's done. But I praise God the loudest for what he is about to do. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. Don't you dare shout louder when we get into Victory Park than you shout before we get there. Let's go ahead and praise God before we even get there. Let's give God a layaway praise over whatever it is because praise is faith in action. Praise is what I do, not just when I want to get near you or when I, I love that song, praise is what I do. I, I Praise is what I do to get through. Praise is what I do to make it over. Praise is what I do. It's how I find my battles. Praise God. But also praise is what I do to not be overwhelmed. I, I mean, I can't know. I'm talking about anxiety and depression this whole month. And I, I, there's a whole lot of stuff, and I got some psychology because it was my minor. But I'm going to tell you that when my soul is overwhelmed, I start saying, Lord, you're going to have to help me today. I, right away, I got to put something on. I got to put on some worship. I got to put somebody on to tell me your steps are ordered. That Fred Hammond, your steps are ordered. That song done got me through. When you're called to be in a relationship with God, sometimes things just don't feel good. Just downright impossible. But in those tough times, I just want you to remember every step of the righteous man is ordered by God. I don't know about you, but there have been times when I've been like, though I may not know his mind, he reveals it all in time. Just know till then your steps are ordered. 
Don't nobody got to tell you your steps are ordered when everything's great. Somebody got to tell you your steps are ordered when you feel like crying. When I'm overwhelmed, I just praise God. When I get overwhelmed, I call people who have faith. When you're in your overwhelmed, feel like all hell is breaking loose and you're about to lose your mind. You can't call the negative person who always got something to say. You can't call the person that's like, well, can I tell you what you did wrong? Don't nobody need that when you're at your worst place. What you need is somebody to say, girl, let me tell you about what God has done for me. Let me tell you my testimony. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply, deeply, deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me. Now safe in my love lifted me. Sorry, that's an old hymn. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. I praise God when I'm overwhelmed. Faith is a superpower. Right now, we have all these movies, Marvel and DC, and people that have all these particular powers. Batman's out right now. It's really good. And, uh, and uh, the thing to me about Batman is he don't have no superpower in himself. He is clothed in superpower. He has decided to be a superhero even though he is an ordinary man. Anybody can be a superhero when you are alien. Anybody can be a superhero when a spider bites you but when you decide even though I'm normal and even though I'm just a human and even though I don't have super strength I'm gonna clothe myself in something and I'm gonna believe that I can fight crime cuz I'm crazy faith is a superpower everybody say faith is a superpower Say it again. Faith, faith is a superpower. Gonna graduate from college, it's gonna take faith. Gonna get your masters, gonna take faith. The thing about faith being a superpower is you don't have to worry because you already have faith. You already have it. The reason why I started this presentation by saying have faith in God is because I'm not saying, Jesus didn't say have faith and stop. He said have faith in God, meaning take the faith you have and apply it to God because everything takes faith. It all takes faith. And the ultimate question is, do you use your faith for God? But don't worry. Faith is a superpower and you have it, which means nothing can stop you. Nothing is impossible if you can simply believe. 
You don't have to look at me and say, oh, well, Pastor Andy's different, or Elder Paul is different, or Elder Ray is different, or Pastor Tony, the way he shouts, he's so different. And Pastor Frito, oh, the way Josh jumps, he just has a different kind of faith that I don't have. That's not true. We all have faith. We all have a measure of faith. We all have got to walk by faith and not by sight. But I came to tell you in this room and everybody that's watching right now around the world, we got the same faith you got. You got faith too. We have just decided to Put our faith in God. You have faith. This says that this is Evian water. Evian water is made by the French Alps. If you drink Evian water, and say, oh yes, I'm about to drink some water from France. That's faith. You did not see them fill this bottle from the Alps in France. You read French Alps. Okay, and you believe that this Evian water, this could be from a dude named Evian from the tap in his basement. And I'm alive long enough to remember when you would drink water from a hose. Oh, I need an old person to say, wait, there you go, football. All right. I would drink water from a tap, let alone no French water. No, no, I don't drink that. I drink smart water. What makes it smart? Your faith. You already have faith. You have faith. It's just a matter of where you apply that faith. It's buttermilk. Why is this stuff so thick? This is an Oreo. Woo, feel the anointing. Woo, for the presence of the Lord is in this place. Don't tell me you aren't right now saying, P.A., can you throw one of them Oreos right here right now? Because if you don't like Oreos, oh, yeah, black girl. If you don't like Oreos, then I don't know if you really are all that saved. This is an Oreo. We gladly eat this because it's an Oreo. We gladly dip it into milk, not buttermilk. We gladly dip it into milk. I ain't that country, my God. Some of y'all in here are like, well, where I was from, you better pass that buttermilk. Don't you waste that buttermilk. What I'm saying is, I wanted a glass of milk. This stuff poured out thick. What I'm saying is, right now, you're looking at an Oreo. And any of you like me who feels the anointing of an Oreo, don't even understand that to bite this Oreo takes faith. Because this that they call an Oreo is actually...
actually unreached, enriched, and flour, wheat flour, niacin. Come on, niacin, you have no idea what niacin is, but you are cracking open some niacin and putting some niacin together with some niacin and making double niacin. Niacin, reduced iron, thiamine, mononitrate, vitamin B11, at least there's some vitamins in there, riboflavin, vitamin B12, folic acid, sugar, palm, and or canola oil, and or, I know I'm dropping Oreos, it's okay. See, these people like Oreos. They're trying to, don't, don't, don't waste the Oreos. That's my God, kids. We're going to eat those later. We gonna, yeah. what, what, uh, what else? Process with alkali. I think I've made my point. If you are snacking down on this, this is faith. Anybody ever eat food from a drive-thru? Raise your hand, heathens. I said, have you ever eaten food from a drive-thru? Okay. Anybody ever work in a drive? Anybody ever work in there? Come on now. That's faith. That is faith. If you are rude to your server, you have all kinds of faith. I am so sweet to the people that bring me my food. I'm like, thank you so much. I will wait extra. I don't get fussy about people that are bringing me my food. Oh, no, I don't. Because it already takes faith to eat there. And the last thing I want to do is make somebody mad and make them give me a little bit of extra something in there that I don't want. It took faith to eat it in the first place. The last thing I need is a salty waiter. I'm amazed at how rude people are to the wait staff. I'm amazed at how poorly we tip, especially Christians. I was talking to a young woman and she was telling me she was in college and she was working and she was working the waiting tables and being a, a waitress and whatever. And she said that in the, in the uh, restaurant she worked in that it's a lottery to work on Sundays. Nobody wants to work on Sunday. They want to work on Friday and Saturday when the heathens are there. Nobody wants to work on Sunday because Christians are the most difficult people to serve and tip the least. You in there praying over your food and calling on Jesus and then don't bless the person who served you. My God, hallelujah. If you really are great, then you should serve them by at least tipping them. And you ought to know the percentage since you tithe. Oh, I'm going to make everybody clap on that one. If you know, if you're a tither, then you know what the tenth is. And so now split that in half. There's your tip. And I regularly tip 20% just to make up for all you Christian Negroes that don't never tip. 
should see when I go to my regular restaurants. They be fighting to get me at the table because they know that they're about to get blessed. On a regular basis, people pay for my meal because they recognize me as Pastor Andy. And when that happens, I say to the waitress, you about to have a great day because I'm going to pass that blessing right along because the more I'm blessed, the more you get, oh my Lord, the more I get blessed, you get blessed. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. What I'm saying is, is you have to have faith in God. And you already have faith. Any young woman that goes on a date with any man that she barely knows has faith. Girl, you have faith. Because there's nothing worse that has ever happened to womankind like man. Sorry, but we are your most dangerous threat. Like us going on a date with a gorilla. You there with your little collarbones and your little wrists and you're going to sit in a car with some dude who's 220. He could take you anywhere. You have faith, baby girl. Would you like to come up? Faith. You have faith. Tell somebody have faith in God. Come on. Tell somebody have faith in God. You have to have faith in God. We all have faith. Have faith in God. You can't have a superpower with no testing. If all of a sudden you showed up right now and said to the world, I'm a superhero, they would say, show us. Faith is a superpower. You don't get to have that superpower without it being tested. It's going to be tested. Your faith is going to be tested. I'm so sorry. I wish I could tell you the world was going to be a different way, but I can't lie to you. God is listening, and I have to give an account of what I told you today. Your faith will be tested. Can't live in this life and deal with tests. Anybody's faith get tested this week? Just, just waves. OPA, my faith got tested this week. My faith got tested this week. I'm doing a series on anxiety and depression and stress. And this past week, I've had some of the worst anxiety attacks that I've had in a long time. And I know it's because the devil gets mad when you start doing real kind of work. The de- As a matter of fact, I already know that this is the will of God for me to share on this because the enemy's trying to attack me with the thing that I've defeated because when you've been burned you can really help burn victims it's all great to talk to your doctor but when a cancer survivor says oh you can make it you say thank you very much it's all great to have a fireman but when somebody gets down in that hole with you and says listen I know what it's like to be burned baby and you will get over this I'm here to tell you this morning 
that no amount of anxiety or depression can defeat you. The devil is a liar. May the blessing of the Lord be on your life right now and you can make it, but it's going to be tested. It's a test. I see tests everywhere. I can't even look at Matthew chapter 14 without seeing faith tests. I told you not to lose it. When you look at Matthew chapter 14, it's just faith tests. That's what I see. I mean, right from the very beginning. Let me get these oranges out of the way. Right from the very beginning. It's just everything's a test. Everything's a test. Everything. It's a test. The minute I start feeling anxious, Laura, I'm like, oh, this is a test. The Lord is trying to, the, the life and anxiety and the enemy or whatever is trying to test me to see, will I back off from talking about this in this moment? And I am determined that I'm going to pass whatever test comes my way. Kids sick, that's a test. Diabetes flaring up, that's a test. They think maybe they found a lump in your breast, that is a test. This is a test. It doesn't mean it's not serious, but it's a test. Got laid off, you're being tested. When I look at this story, I see tests. I see faith tests. Let me show them to you really quickly. Right there in verse number 22, let me exegete scripture as I was taught. In verse 22, it says, Jesus Immediately, verse 22, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go to the other side, go on ahead of him to the other side. If you're familiar with the passage, and you can read it earlier, um, later on your own, but Jesus has just fed the 5,000. This has been a miracle in which he just fed 5,000 people. As soon as the miracle was over, Jesus made them get into a boat and go ahead of him to the other side. The first test I see is faith in obedience test. If you're taking notes, faith in obedience test. Jesus made them get in a bed in a boat and Jesus made them go ahead of him and said, I'll catch up later. This verse here is a verse that flies in the face of everyone who ever said anything about getting ahead of God. Because it's absolutely possible for the Lord to give you a command to go ahead of him. It's absolutely possible for God to speak to you and say, I want you to go on ahead of that and I'll be there in a minute. It's absolutely possible for God to make you do something after your miracle. Sometimes when God does the biggest miracles, we want to just stay there with him. But sometimes after an amazing miracle of provision, God then says, all right now, leave from this miraculous moment and go ahead to the other side. And I would contend that we get stuck in our victories sometimes. We have a victorious moment and we just want to stay there. We have a victorious way of doing church and we just want to stay there. We have a victorious experience and we just want to stay there. There's a miracle and we just want to stay there. But Jesus made them. The King James Version says constrained them. Meaning.
meaning that he said, get in the boat, go. Constrained means somebody argued with him a little bit. Somebody was like, no, Jesus, we're going to be with you. What you got to do? No, Jesus like, no, I need some alone time with God. I've been with y'all enough. There's nothing wrong with some alone time. I got to get away from y'all. Love y'all, but y'all getting on my nerves. I'm going to go on the other. Y'all go ahead of me. I'll catch up to you in a minute. And constrained them, made them. I know I'm not the only one in this room. And I know I'm not the only one watching around the world who God made you do something. Who am I talking to in the room? P.A., God made me. The Lord made me apologize. I wasn't about to apologize. They didn't deserve an apology. They stank. <laughs> I shouldn't have said nothing to them. And I was telling them in that next time I see them, I'm going to smack. And then here they are in my face. And I felt the Holy Ghost say to me, if you forgive them and apologize to them, I'll bless you. And I only did it to get the blessing. Who am I talking? Where God made me, it was just straight and obedience test. We have faith for a whole lot of stuff, Tony, but we don't have faith to obey. Number two, it says, after he had dismissed them, went up on the mountainside to pray. And in verse 23, it says, later that night, he's there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. That's the second faith test, and that is faith in opposition test. Sorry, and I'm saying sorry to myself. Sorry, but just because God tells you to do something don't mean there's not going to be any opposition. If you connect obedience with smooth sailing, you have a faulty formula. If all you ever do is connect your opposition to sin, then you will never really get to great places. Most of us were taught that our opposition is here because we sin. We were taught condemnation theology. And so anytime anything didn't work out, we start going on a sin hunt. We raise holiness. And if we lose our job, we start checking our tithing record. We start talking about, we start trying to see who we, we start thinking, well, I must have done something wrong. We start figuring out because we were taught that any opposition means sin. But I'm here to tell you this morning that just because you're opposed doesn't mean you're out of the will of God. Matter of fact, might I suggest that when you step into this thing and you start going for real, you're going to get some opposition. And as a matter of fact, you ought to be ready for the opposition. It ain't worth it if it's too easy. Back in the day, I used to play basketball. I played in college and high school, and I used to play basketball. College people and football players and sports folk and whoever's watching me. I used to play basketball. I used to play pickup basketball once my career was. I played pickup basketball with my brother, who's a scholarship, who was a scholarship player, my other brother Joe, scholarship player. I wasn't a scholarship player. I'm just like a little walk-on, come off the bench, maybe make some threes player. But I'm playing with them. They better than me. When me and my brothers would go to the court, we would go to the court seeing if there was anybody there worth playing. When you can play, you go to the court 
with your shoes on your shoulder and you sit there and watch for a second and see is there any game there if it's not you get in your car and you go down to the league school and you go someplace else because you're trying to find some competition because you don't want to play against people that can't really play that ain't worth the exercise when you walk in and folk are dunking and jumping and running fast, it makes you say, all right. It makes you start stretching. You take your thing off. You lace up. We got next because if you are competent, you're okay with competition. Something is wrong with you if everything got to be easy. There ought to be a little fight there. There ought to be a little somebody bump. You ought to get the ball blocked. You ought to get the ball stolen a little. It ought to be a little hard. If it's too easy, he ain't worth it. She ought to make you work for it. I'm not even going to work. I'm not even going to walk there. If it's a little too easy, dude, it ought to make you nervous. Golly, it's been one week. You giving it to me already? Who else did you give it to in a week? He can't wait six months. He just got to get it now. He just got to love you. If he can't do some work, if you got to be easy, then maybe this ain't worth playing. What I'm saying is, is you got to be okay with some opposition. Number three says shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on a lake. Disciples saw him walking on a lake. They were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. For all of us dealing with anxiety and overwhelmed, and is it worth the risk? God tell you the truth. You can absolutely, absolutely be in the will of God, absolutely be obedient, absolutely have opposition, wind and waves against you, and you can see something you have never seen before, and it can scare you. These disciples are in a relationship with Jesus. They're in the center of the will of God, and they're terrified because they've seen something they've never seen Somebody walking on the water. Sometimes when you see God for real, it scares you. If you read your Bible, right, Tony? Read your Bible. You will notice that anybody who ever saw God, ever saw an angel for real, were shook. Isaiah saw the Lord. He said, woe is me. I am undone. When folks saw angels, 99.99% of the time, the Lord or somebody got to say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If you really see God, it scares you. All these people that tell you they talk to God every day and he appeared to them in the room and they weren't shook to their core. They didn't see God. Well, I was talking to the Lord today. No, you weren't. Because if the Lord ever really boomed in your soul, you would. He can't talk to you in your car. An angel can't appear to you in your car. You'll crash. You'll lose control. 
You may have heard a small inward witness, but if you ever have a no joke for real encounter with God, it'll scare you half to death. It's just hubris to think that you could just talk to God and be all right. Jesus comes walking to them on the water and they are scared out their mind. And all of us here, thousands of years later, saying, I mean, they should have known it was Jesus. Yeah, whatever. Let's let you be in a boat. Let's let you be dealing with waves. Let's let you be dealing with storm and see somebody walking on some water. I heard a noise in my house last night. I got my gun. I got my flashlight. And I went walking out. And the flashlight reflected off of the glass back to me. And I thought somebody was in my house. Gonna shut my window. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is yeah, you have to have faith when it's incomprehensible. You have to have faith when you're seeing something that's unbelievable. That's a test. Verse 27 says, Jesus said to them immediately, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Number four, faith in his voice test I'm not even going to get to the psychology stuff Dr. Laura I'm just not even going to get there faith in his voice test one of the reasons why you come to church on a regular basis one of the reasons why you tune in regularly you can't come or tune in once a month you won't know his voice you shouldn't know Jay-Z's voice better than God's voice Shouldn't be able to be like, mm, oh, that's Beyonce. And don't know the Holy Ghost. Should be like, oh, that's a Drake song. Oh, that's a Drake song. You shouldn't be more familiar with Drake. You shouldn't be reading more about Kim and Kanye and Pete than you read your Bible. Oh, you're walking heavy now, PA. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that there's something about knowing the voice of God. And you... Don't get to know his voice if you don't hear it enough. When folk hear the voice enough, they recognize it. When I first started hunting with these country dudes, moved here from Boston and started hunting with this country dude named Garland, and I'm hunting with him, he's taking me hunting. I'm his pastor, but he's my hunting pastor. I'm with him, and we in some woods, and I'm trying not to get lost. But now I'm in it. It's been maybe a year, and I'm hunting with him, and I'm hunting with a whole bunch of people that I don't really know, a bunch of dudes that I don't know, but I got on my hunting gear, my hat, I'm on my four-wheeler, my glasses are on, my shades, and I'm just there, and this is maybe eight years ago, nine years ago, and I'm there with them, and to be honest, I don't really want anybody to know that I'm there, because people act different when a pastor's around. So I'm just sitting there quiet, and Garland's doing all the talking because in here he's with me, out there I'm with him. Something wrong with you if you got to be the leader all the time. Uh, anyway, so I'm with him, 
and I'm doing what he say do. In here, he do what I say do. Out there, he said, strap it like this. I strap it like he say. So he turns to me and says, you ready? And I said, I'm ready. When I said, I'm ready, three heads turned to me like that. One of the guys that was hunting with us, remember this garland said, say something again. And I said, I'm ready. They said, Pastor Andy, take them shades off. Oh my God, Pastor Andy. We're hunting. We were, we were about to hunt with dogs. So we have to have each other's phone number. So they got my phone number. So I said to them, all right, you have my number. Don't give my number to anybody else. One of the dudes said to me, Pastor Andy, you don't even know what my life is like. Won't nobody even believe I have your number. <laughs> I was like, thank you very much, Brody. I appreciate that. What I'm saying to you is, why, how did they recognize me? By my voice. Obviously, they've heard me enough. You shouldn't be able to recognize my voice and kick and recognize God's voice. You recognize God's voice when you hear it enough. You got to wake up in the morning with your mind stayed on Jesus. You got to play some worship stuff in the beginning of the day. You got to pray a little bit and talk to God a little bit. Stop listening to so much junk all the time. It ain't nothing wrong with it. I like it too. But I can't listen to it all the time because if I do, I'll be more familiar with that person's voice than God's voice. And there's a time when I need him to speak to me and I need to know it's him. Who am I talking to? I need to know. That was God right there. That was God. That wasn't Drake. That was God. That wasn't the, the ocean guy. Was it Daniel Ocean? Frank Ocean. Sorry. I almost said Billy Ocean. Then I'd really show where I was. Caribbean clean queen. Anyway, anyway. What I'm saying is, is I can't know that voice better than I know God's voice. Jesus says, cheer up, it's me. My sheep ought to know my voice. Number five, verse 28. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. This is what I call faith enough to be honest test. Do you have enough faith to be honest that you're not sure? I get really annoyed at how absolutely sure Christians have a tendency to be. Here we are talking about the apostle Peter. And he said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Meaning, I'm not sure it's you. It's absolutely possible for you to not be sure if this is God. Absolutely possible for you to be like, now, Lord, <laughs> if this is you, <laughs> now, hold on a minute. This looks really amazing. This looks like a great opportunity. But you know what, Lord? I've been fooled before. And I swore up and down it was God. I don't like to co-sign God's name to stuff too much because I've learned over time that sometimes I think something's God and it end up not being God. If we could be honest. So he said, now, Lord, if it's you... <laughs> 
Meaning, I'm going to have enough faith to be honest and not fake and front right now. If it's you, tell me to come on the water. It's the test of being unsure. And Jesus says, come. And my sixth point is, it says, Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. It's faith to take a risk test. It's faith to take the risk test. We have to understand, this wasn't no rowboat. This is a fishing boat. We act like we think Peter stepped on the, walked out the water like he just stepped from here to here and was on the water. But that ain't what happened, Elder. Peter's in a boat and he's got to get down out the boat. Do you understand? He's walking down a ladder. It took faith the whole time he was going down. He had faith enough to take a risk. Now I'm stretching my hand over this room right now. And I'm stretching my hand over every room that's watching me. That you will have faith enough to take a risk. Eleven dudes watched him get down out the boat. Don't you dare... Let somebody else get down out the boat and you stay in and watch them climb down. Don't you dare let somebody else start walking on water and you just sit there and marvel. You better jump over that boat and get, you better be like, oh, the, if the water is holding people up, Peter not about to be the only one that walk on water. He ain't about to be the only one at the fire talking about walking on water. Oh, I'm walking on some water. May you have faith enough to face what scares you. For all of you in this room like me, that's a little bit scared half to death. May you have faith to overcome your fear. Anybody in here who's trying to do something that's impossible, trying to do something that God gave you as a dream, trying to do something that don't nobody think you can do, trying to do something that they're telling you you can't afford to do, may you have the faith to take your risk. Because no risk, no reward. This house that I live in right now that God has blessed me in that I got in foreclosure. I had to let that house go. When I first tried to bid on the house, I didn't win the bid. Somebody else won it. They gave me a letter for a certain amount. I'm not going to tell you. It's none of your business. But I, I gave it to the realtor guy. He went to the auction. A higher bid won. I didn't get the house. Somebody else got it. But I'm just kind of a little bit crazy and just a little bit stubborn and a little bit thinking that this is my house and just a little bit thinking that God gave me a promise and just a little bit thinking whose report am I going to believe and just a little bit thinking God can do anything but fail. 
So I went back to the house and was walking around the house, spitting on the house and urinating. On, I'm sorry. And marking my territory and claiming my house and believing for my house. I rebuked their bid. I rebuke whoever who has outbid you. You better get in on this faith with me. I'm telling you a real story. I rebuke whoever they gave the contract to that ain't give it to you. I rebuke them. I pray that somehow their stuff will fall apart. That God will throw their money into confusion. They got the scholarship. You didn't. I'm praying that you will get it. I started rebuking them. I don't know who they were. I didn't know their name. I said, I rebuke them. I rebuke their money. It fell through. It fell through. They called me. Said you were number two. Their money fell through. You, you got it at that number. But I said, yeah. But now, y'all don't hurt my feelings. And now, if it's mine, then I'm not giving you what I said I would give you. I'm going to give it to you for way less than that. I made them an offer at what I wanted to pay. They agreed. We, I signed the PNS. But when I signed the PNS and they saw that I really wanted the house, they came back and said, no, you have to give us this number right here. That was your second bid number. I said, well, hallelujah. Bless you. Talked to one of the top givers. He was like, "You pay, yeah, you gonna already gonna end up with this much, with this much uh, equity, and it's what do you want? Just pay the money. It's already well below the market." I'm like, mm -mm -mm. "No, no, 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 no. I got some kind of crazy faith. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm sorry. No, I just have to let it go. And if it's for me, then I'm gonna get it. Can I say that? If it's for you, then you are gonna get it. Oh, I speak that right now over everybody under the south. If it is yours, can nobody else get what's yours?" If it is yours, can no demon in hell stop you from having what is yours? Somebody say, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. I want what's mine. I want what belongs to me. I don't want your stuff. I want my stuff. I told them, nope. That was March. March. I told them, no, I'm not paying that. I'm paying what I want to pay. They said, well, you don't get it. I said, well, hallelujah. April went by nothing. May went by nothing. June went by nothing. I'm making plans to build my own house. July, August, September, October, November. In November, I wanted to show my builder the house. So we called them back to get in the house so the builder could see the house before I build my new house. And they said, is that Pastor Andy? And I said, we said, yes. They said, we haven't even been able to show the house to anybody. What that means is nobody else saw that house. Nobody else saw my house. Who am I talking to? God made folk blind. God made folk that couldn't see my house. They didn't show my house realtor girl. They could not show my house because what is mine is mine. And what is yours is yours. And don't you never let nobody take what's yours. Don't you never let nobody take what belongs to you, boy. 
Somebody say it's mine. Somebody say it's mine. It's mine. And I'll take the rest. If they can take it, let them take it. If they get it, let it get it. Because if God is on your side, then who can be against you? Anybody know God is on your side? Anybody saying God have faith in God? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. If you saw my house, you better like me. Have faith in God. Tell somebody, have faith in God. Have somebody, have faith. Tell somebody, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. I said, have faith in God. I want somebody to get this in their spirit. Have faith in God. Something's going to happen this week. Something is going to happen this week. Something is about to take place in this week. Somebody's blessing is coming. Somebody's breakthrough is coming. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Somebody's breakthrough about to happen. got to have faith have faith in God he's able faith to take the risk number seven I'm done faith to walk on water I want everybody to take your feet off the floor and just shake them. You're sitting, so sit down. And if you're standing, just kick your feet. Just kick your feet a little bit. Just get your feet ready for water walking. I believe right now for water walking feet. I'm believing that you're about to walk into a miracle. I'm believing you're about to get your own thing. I believe your own business plan about to take place. Why not you? I believe that the God I serve is able to make a way where there seems to be no way. I said he can make a way where there seems to be no way. If you can just trust him. And I speak that. I speak a water walking anointing. I speak a water walking power in the name of Jesus. And we rebuke anxiety and fear. We got to be some risk takers in here. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of heathen risk takers being richer than us. I need a witness in the building. Sit down for just a second. Anybody know a heathen risk taker? No, 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 no. I'm saying. Anybody know somebody? They are risk taker, they rich, and they are heathen. Wave your hand. I'm so tired. I, praise God for them. None against them. Hallelujah. Tell them to come to World Overcomers. We build in the park. But what I am praying for is that you will not be out done when it comes to faith when it comes to belief if you can holler in here you can be rich out there if you can holler in here then you can ask for the job out there don't you dare ask God for something and can't go in and meet with them and tell them I'm qualified for this job and I think you should give me this whole section and I think you should give me this whole department and actually I have a plan to totally restructure the way we do it and if we do it that way it's going to go to another level and if you let me do it it's going to bless the company but if I do it I want to do it for 10% more or 25% more because David didn't fight Goliath for free 
Ain't nothing wrong with you wanting to be blessed. Did you know that? David comes down out the hills. He hears them talking about what's going to happen for the person that kills Goliath. David didn't fight Goliath because of the Holy Ghost. Nobody said, he said, well, yeah, and the Lord wasn't saying to you, David, go fight that Goliath. No, no, no. David heard you get to marry the king's daughter. First, he heard you're exempt from taxes. What wouldn't you do? Oh, I wish I had a witness. What wouldn't you do to be exempt from taxes? Somebody said, you'll be exempt from taxes. David said, what? Exempt from taxes for what? Fight Goliath? Wow, what else you get? You get to marry the queen, the king's daughter. Really? Where is she? I'd be willing to bet you she was fly. Nobody fight Goliath for somebody scary. Help us, Holy Ghost. So I bet you they brought her out. David said, Woo, okay, turn around, girl. All right, what else I get? David fought Goliath, but he didn't fight him for free. After he saw what he would get, faith came alive. And he said, shoot, who is that anyway? This uncircumcised Philistine that he would dare to speak against the armies of God. I feel like going on. I think I feel like killing me a giant today. I think I feel like getting my sling and my stones. I think I feel like fighting with what I got. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? I think I'm about to cut somebody's head off. It is absolutely possible for your faith to come alive because of the reward. And may God make you a giant killer. Oh, Jesus. May God make you a giant killer. May you hear the worth and take the risk. May you say, wow, stock options? I'm going for that position. May you not be intimidated and weak and scared to ask. I rebuke the devil. May you walk in with the boldness of a child of God and say, if you're going to give that position to anybody, you might as well give it to me. You ain't got it now. What's a no going to do? May you walk on water. May you fight giants in the name of Jesus. May you receive that now in this room and around the world. May you fight your giant, get exempt from your Texas, marry your prince, your princess. May you walk on your water. May God save you. Put your hands together if you heard a word from the Lord this morning. I said, put your hands together if you heard a word from the Lord this morning. If you feel like going on, if you're saying, PA, I feel like going on. Say, Pastor Andy, you know what? I feel like going on. The devil's a liar. I feel like going on. I'm about to do something great. Can I get you to give with that? Can I get you to give? If you need an offering envelope, can you raise your hand? That same hand that's waving saying, oh yeah, God, have your way in my life. Can I get that same hand to wave and get an offering envelope? Can I get you to give to the vision? 
Can I get you to donate towards Victory Park? We finally getting some hard numbers. I thought it was gonna cost about 15 million, looking more like it's gonna cost about 20. And the reason it's gonna cost about 20 is because of COVID. The price of materials is up 25%. So I wasn't wrong. It's just that COVID has made the steel more expensive and the concrete more expensive. And so what I thought was going to be 15 is probably going to be more like 20. But I believe it. That if it costs more, God will bless you more. Oh, I'm speaking that right now. Because we the one who going to do this. So may God bless you more exponentially so that you can give more than you gave. May God bless you more so that you can give more. May the COVID that made it cost more be the COVID that makes you make more. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I need you to help me. I need you to give to the, to the vision. And you can scan that QR code you're watching around the world. I need your help. Not just in the Raleigh-Durham area, but I need your help. And I need you to give as unto the Lord. I need you to give not as a debt you owe, but as a seed you sow. Above your tithes and offerings. If you don't tithe, I just if you just tithed. <laughs> if everyone who doesn't tithe just tithes, Everyone watching who's, oh, I love World Overcomers. If you just tithe by the end of the year, we'd have the difference. But if I get you to tithe, that's the tenth. That means if you make $1,000, you give God 100 you can make your checks payable to WOCC or you can scan that QR code, put it back up there. You can give. You can make another donation. You can give. But a tithe is a tenth. You make $1,000, you give God $100. You keep the $900. Actually, you tithe already. Whether you tithe to the kingdom or not, you already tithe. You tithe to the government. It's more than a tithe. That's right, Elder. It's more than a tithe. And they don't trust you to give it. Oh, I wish I had. They take it. And it ain't none of your business what they do with it, neither. I'm trying to get you to give a tenth of what you make to God. I promise you, God will bless you. I challenge you. You tithe. If God don't bless you, you can come to me and say, Pastor Andy, I tithed and God did not bless me. I'll be shocked to my shoes. Because you can't beat God-given, no matter how hard you try. I wish I had a witness in the building. When you tithe, God, you put God in a place where he got he to gotta bless you. you. You're like, oh Lord, I'm about to, I got to get this thing because I'm a tither. Your offering is above and beyond your tithe. And I need you to give the very best you can. We're coming down to making hard decisions about hard numbers. And I wanted six quarts, and six quarts is going to cost more. And it's going six quarts and an upstairs, and this and that would make it 25 million. And I'm just like, well, maybe we can do 20. And, and so we're going to do, we're doing the best. We're still meeting with them, and we've had, and it's going well. But I, I need you to be faithful. 
I need you to pay on your pledge if you've never made a pledge. I need you to make a pledge. If you just look at us, oh yeah, y'all got 10,000 people all over the world. Well, we need you. It's going to take all of us together to do it. But I believe this Victory Park thing that we're building, it's just, it's a sanctuary surrounded by basketball courts. And I just have all these visions of people playing and practicing and games and AAU and volleyball and cheerleading and stuff on the campus all the time. I have this vision of men just playing ball on there all the time. I have a vision of the counseling center and people being able to come in and get counseling for their anxiety. I have this vision of people being able to come in and get guidance counseling. I have a vision of people being able to come in and go through the little food court and the food truck plaza. It's, 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 I have a dream that we can build something that's not just a church. We're going to have a sanctuary that's going to be like this, but it's going to be within something way bigger than a church. I have a vision that people who don't know us will be on our holy ground. I have a vision that when folk walk in there and go to making their layups, the Holy Ghost will get on them. I wish I had a witness. That somehow something will grip them. We're going to walk around praying over those courts. I have a dream. I need you to help me to do it. We're going to do it together. Everything you give in this offering will go towards the park. Come on, let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for every gift, every giver. My God, we're doing the best we can to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray you take this offering and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. I'm praying for jobs and better jobs and raises and benefits and bonuses and new businesses. I'm praying that there'll be no lack among us. I'm praying that everything we put our hand to do will prosper. I'm praying that our children's children's children will be impacted. I'm praying for this generation. May we build something that will impact this area for a hundred years. Long after we're gone, may your kingdom come and your will be done have your way in us. Kingdom of God come in us. Will of God be done in Jesus name. We all sit together. God bless you as you give. As the bucket passes, just jump on your feet. Don't run right out the door, please. I'm going to let you go. I know we're a little bit over. It's 1220. It's okay. Biscuitville's still open. I'm about to go get me a sandwich in just a minute. And so just, just for, just let the gatekeepers, these faithful, faithful men, let them Please just take up this, this last offering you gave online. Thank you so much. You gave from around the world. Thank you so much. We absolutely need your generosity. It's not just about the giving of your tithes. It's the being generous, your generosity. The Bible says that God will make you rich so that you can be generous. Not making you rich so you can bling. He's making you rich so you can be generous. You give and it shall be given unto you again. Good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over. Thank you for just staying seated for just a minute and letting all these faithful men and you see all of the armor bearers and gatekeepers. The we only let men do this. Half of world overcomers is men, and there are certain positions that we just like men to do because we feel like men should lead in the church. 
I mean, it's just, I'm just saying that because every now and then I get a little passy, anti-misogynistic, and that's not it at all. I've got wife and daughters and love. It's all great. It's all good. But I just feel like, especially within the black community, we just let women do everything all the time. We put all the burden on them, and it's time for men to stand up and be counted. Gentlemen, am I talking to you? It's time for us to be leaders. Time for us to lead, gentlemen. Time for us to lead. Immediately following this service, Anthony, what y'all having something for the college students in the main lobby? So all of you college students, thank you for coming. Have faith in God. You will get your degree. Have faith in God. You'll get a job in your field. Have faith in God. Your child's going to be okay. Have faith in God. You're going to meet somebody. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. You're going to get that position. Have faith in God. You may be laid off now, but you're about to get another job. Have faith in God. You're about to get a new contract. Have faith in God. They're saying something's wrong with your child, but have faith in God. You have a child that's battling addiction. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. God is able. Stand on your feet with me. Let me pray for you and dismiss you. Lord, I just want to thank you for this time that we had together. Lord, I just want to thank you for this word. Another word on faith. When our hearts are overwhelmed, lead us to the rock that is higher than us. Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry out to thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a shelter unto me and a strong tower from the enemy. Be my God and my guide. Even as flawed as we all are, lead us, guide us. Bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people. Favor on your people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for coming to church with us this morning. Next Sunday, I'm going to continue this Overwhelmed series. It's going to go all the way up to Easter. Easter's coming. Let folk know we're going to have an awesome time. Everyone that watched it around the world, bless you, bless you, bless you.